This edition of the Generations Radio Program originally aired in 2016. For additional shows on hundreds of topics, search our archives at generations.org. My friends, to the Generations Radio Broadcast, Kevin Swanson, your host with you today, homeschool father of five, also Steve Vaughn in studio with me, homeschool father of six. We raise our children during a period of pop culture when pop culture has a huge influence upon the ways in which modern culture plays itself out, far more than politics, far, far more than politics. An acquaintance of mine was working for MTV, and the premier of China actually called up the president of MTV in the early 1990s. Wow. Yeah, that's something. And he asked him a question, simple question. What is MTV going to do to my nation? Because the communist leaders of China understood that pop culture and MTV far more influential than whatever the political wins could accomplish, the, the great power centers of the communist empire. So, my friends, uh, I think we ought to remember the great influencers of the day tend to be in pop culture. And today we're going to contrast the heroes of the city of man with the heroes of the city of God as we began in a previous program. Here is the UK Independent again on the death of David Bowie. David Bowie was the most influential British artist ever and personified our culture. That was a headline for UK Independent on David Bowie's passing over the last couple of days. And my friends, I think we need to recognize the power of pop culture and realize that these are giants. In fact, the two most influential artists of all time over the entire globe, not just the UK, would probably be Michael Jackson and the Beatles. And I treat these in my book, Apostate, The Men Who Destroyed the Christian West, got a whole section on the powerful Nephilim. I call them the Nephilim because they are tremendous giants who have, yes, something of a Christian heritage, but twist it to evil ends, effectively what happened in the destruction of the world just prior to the worldwide flood. And that is what has happened over the last 150 years in the entire Western world, largely through the influence of popular culture. Please do not minimize the influence of pop cultural giants, the Nephilim of pop culture, and I'm talking about the Beatles, Michael Jackson, and David Bowie. Now, we've talked a little bit about the influencers, the great stars, and how these are recognized to be the heroes of the modern world. But I want to contrast the heroes of the city of God. And that's, I think, appropriate to do because Hebrews 11 brings this out, that yes. indeed these are heroes of whom the world was not worthy. So it is important for us to contrast worldviews by way of a contrast of heroes. I think that's a beautiful way to determine whether or not you belong in the city of man with David Bowie, and you're going the way of the world and the way the world goes all the way to death and hell with David Bowie, or if you're actually in the different city, you're in a different kingdom, and you have different values, those values you find in the city of God. Yeah, these are people that, uh, you know, Time Magazine and The Economist, and all of that, you're not going to see them on the front page. You're not going to no. see them as Time Magazine's man of the year or woman of the year. Uh, that That's city of man stuff. But if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you know, that's, that's city of God stuff. And if you are a hero in the eyes of God, if you have stood up with him and if Christ is in you, that's really the uh, that that that's the list that you want to be on. And we want to contrast George Lucas, Michael Jackson, Barack Obama with guys like Franklin Graham and Ray Comfort who are not going to be on the front of Time magazine and gloried 
as an important leader in a modern culture. Perhaps Billy Graham was in the 1970s and 1980s, but now the distinction between the city of God and city of man is so incredibly distinct in this country. The apostasy has developed and matured so much that I think we can see the difference very much between these evangelists, guys like Franklin Graham, Ray Comfort, and the guys that produce the other worldview, whether it be in culture or politics, guys like George Lucas and Barack Obama. We want to contrast that on this edition of the Generations Broadcast. And as we bring out these great Christian writers, thinkers, preachers, I want to recommend these as people you consider as important, as people who are maintaining something of the Christian faith in the Western world in which the Christian faith is assaulted and there is much in terms of the disintegration of the Christian faith in the wider culture, certainly amongst much of the weaker churches and the weaker denominations. But hang on to the old orthodoxy by recognizing the great leaders, the great pastors, the great leaders that are standing in the gap. I would recommend their books. I would recommend their sermons. I would recommend you get their music, their films. We're going to give you the list next. The list of the great heroes of the faith from the 20th century. Next on the Generations Radio broadcast, this is Kevin Swanson, Steve Vaughn, also in studio with me. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. Now, I've made a list of influential Christians, and I'm going to go over these quickly on this edition of the program. The most influential Christians in the post-Christian era of the 20th and 21st century, because they didn't compromise the faith, they didn't bend, they didn't bow, they didn't burn. I love that song, by the way. Yeah. People that the world didn't like, not because they were just curmudgeons, but because they were willing to swim upstream all the way, all the way. Too many evangelicals collapse. They, they fold when things get tough. How's the saying go? They, they get, they when get the going, going gets they, tough. Yeah. yeah, the tough get going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 20th century hero Christians stood despite the virtual unstoppable humanist onslaught, the zeitgeist of the day. And here's one more thing about these people. They were ecumenical enough 
that they could still cross denominations and impact many, many lives. And I like that. Yes. There are some who will narrow themselves and narrow themselves and narrow themselves until it's just themselves and their wives and they doubt their wives. But these are people who stuck to a God-centered, God-sourced epistemology, metaphysic, and ethic. And that's effectively the difference between humanism and Christianity. They, they took a strong stand against the rising humanism of the day, whether it was the public schools, the public universities, or in many cases, the liberalizing Christian institutions of the day. Here's the question. Did they have the courage to stand against the sacred cows of the, the big idols? The big idols, which would be the sexual revolution, homosexuality being the peak of it, evolution and feminism. I think those are the three sacred cows of the day. That's the question. Okay, you say, who are the heroes in a day in which everybody virtually is going off the cliff and violating God's laws and moving towards humanism and materialism? They did not limit themselves to politics. But they would not reject the lordship of Christ over politics. That is, they were not Christian socialists, as if government can be used to impose a Christian culture on a nation from the top down and fix the nation's problems. Now, of course, a lot of pastors ignore politics altogether and will not claim the lordship of Jesus Christ over politics as well. So, again, my friends, we're looking at those who stood strong in the 20th century and the 21st century. And here's my list, real quick. Number one, Okay, big heroes of the 20th century, while David Bowie was taking it all apart and moving across the line of despair into nihilism, Francis Schaeffer, who, by the way, came up the line, the line of despair. Yes, he was the Christian worldview guru. He was a big guy. He was important. Francis Schaeffer. Here's one more. Jay Adams. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Nuthetic. Counseling, biblical yeah. counseling. I, yeah. when, when I was going to Denver Seminary, um, they did give lip service to uh, Jay Adams a little bit, but uh, they they wanted to integrate with modern psychology. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It is a mix. There's a mix, and you'll see a mix out there. But at least there was somebody saying, "Hey, why don't we go back to the Bible?" Yeah, let's just use the Bible. <laughs> yeah, what does the Bible say about that? Yeah. That sounds like a good name for a book. Yeah, I wrote a little <laughs> book for kids on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Jay Adams, really big in the 1960s, 1970s, and he made a huge impact in Christian counseling, and still NANC and lots of other organizations really rooted in, in Jay Adams' work. R.J. Rushdoony was the leader, the ideological leader of the Christian school movement in the 1960s and the homeschooling movement of the 1970s. He was there. Now, largely ignored, largely ignored, largely despised. We understand that. That's usually what happens to to the poor wise man who saves the city in Ecclesiastes. He's almost always despised, almost always. And yet, if you go back, my father was there in the 1960s. He was attending Christian school conferences. Now, of course, he's one of the most despised men because that's what the city of man does to the city of God. But... Because he was right in yes. a lot of things he yes. said. <laughs> he was writing the books, the Messianic yeah. State of American Education. He was the guy teaching in American Christian school teacher conferences in 1962, okay? R.J. Rush Jr. was there. Christopher Klicka. Oh, yeah. I've got him on my list. He was he was important. You know, he, his book on the homeschool vision, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was, according to the guys from HSLDA, it was... 
the best seller of all of those books that really pushed Christian home education in the 1980s and 1990s. Yeah, great man. Yeah, significant. He passed away early, but uh, but God used him in an amazing way. I think, in many ways, a spiritual father of the homeschool movement in the 1980s, 1990s. Yeah, with his dying breath still yeah. witnessing to yes. the nurses and yes. everybody who was there. Can I tell you about my Jesus? Can yes. I tell you about my Jesus? Treme- that, tremendous oh, Christian witness. man. And, and if, if somebody isn't still mentioning Christopher Clicka's name from time to time, they're forgetting the great men who stood in the gap during the destruction of Christianity in the Western world. Wow. Elizabeth Elliot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She through was Grace, huge. Through Gates of Splendor. Yeah. And she stood her ground against feminism. Just read an article from a feminist who knew her very well. And yeah, I mean, it was hard. The winds were, were blowing very, very hard, and it's hard to find anybody today who would write against feminism. I mean, anybody. Anybody. Because you would be the most despised person in America, I believe. You would be the most despised person in America if you had the courage of Elizabeth Elliot right now and would stand against feminism. Extremely dangerous. Extremely da- You'd be hated by most evangelicals today if you had the courage of Elizabeth Elliot and would write against feminism. Okay, a couple others. Martin Lloyd-Jones was one of the stalwarts of the 1950s and 1960s during the destruction of Christianity in England. England's church attendance is going from 40% to 1%. Between the year 1940 and 1990. Okay, that's the kind of thing that's happening. Who's standing strong and who's preaching the strongest and really establishing something of a solid biblical faith in the 1950s and 1960s? Martin Lloyd-Jones. And we're listening to sermons every day. Have for the last uh, year and a half. I think we've listened to 450 messages from Martin (laughs) Lloyd-Jones. Uh, so we're getting a lot of it. It's, it's wonderful stuff. It's critical stuff. It's crucial. It's maintaining faith for the generations. A.W. Pink? Mm-hmm. You remember him? Yeah. He's on my list. Why? Standing for the sovereignty of God, the centrality of God over regality, versus the rea- centrality of man. The Humanist Manifesto had already told every evangelical, every evangelical church in the Western world, that man will determine his own destiny. Man is really the source of his own reality. Well, that was A.W. Pink standing strong on the sovereignty of God. I throw John Murray in, and here's one reason. Now, not very many people know John Murray. He was a professor at Westminster Theological Seminary in the 1940s and 1950s. But John Murray is critical because in an age of antinomianism, where man is the center of his own ethics, man will determine his own ethics, John Murray came forward and said, no, he wrote a book on ethics, said God's commandments will direct us in the area of human ethics. And he, he really maintained something of conservatism there in the church. Henry Morris and John C. Whitcomb as well. Mm-hmm. So those, those are all people who have passed. So how about people who are... Well, let me give you a list of the 21st century promising leaders and thinkers. I use the word promising because they're not dead yet. Yeah. You you never know what's going to happen, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So let's be careful. Don't anybody get proud here because it'll be the grace of God that sustains us through this. But here's just, I'm going to go over a few of these quickly. Nancy Percy, she's on my list as a tremendous thinker. She's, she was discipled by Francis Schaeffer. 
And she's written some really good books, and she's influenced a lot of folks over the last 10 years or so. Nancy Percy, she's on my list. And uh, 21st century promising leaders and thinkers, Christians standing in the gap in the 21st century. Nancy Percy. John Frame from Westminster Seminary West. We've interviewed him on the show as well. He's written some really good stuff. He's written a book on the history of Christian philosophy recently. Big old thick thousand page book <laughs> yeah i just got it it's excellent excellent so john frame again maintaining a strong sense of the centrality of god in epistemology frame's got it he's, i don't agree with him on everything he's ever written i'm not saying that about everybody but i'm just saying wow here's a stalwart uh, i'd throw david noble into it yeah yeah from summit from Summit Ministries, yes. He's a worldview teacher. You know what? He, he worked for something like 40 years equipping the next generation of young people with a biblical worldview. And for that, I appreciate him. Josh McDowell. Yeah. We had him on the show one time. Evidence that demands a verdict. Yep. One and two. Yeah. Yep. Joel Belts from World Magazine. Yeah. Again, I appreciate the man, what he's done with World Magazine. You know, bringing Christianity into journalism. We're trying to do a little bit of that ourselves. But Joel Belt's very much a pioneer in that area. Appreciate that. Ken Ham. Oh, yeah. Centrality of God in epistemology from the very first verse. You know, it's at that point where that compromise tends to happen. People don't like it. When you stand up and say, yeah, 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 but the word of God says this against the gods of the marketplace and what they're saying about evolution. Yeah, and you could almost throw... uh Kind of as a tangent, Bill Jack in there as well. He's with Worldview Academy. Sure. He's worked with Ken Ham and sure. put out some great videos and things like that. Sure. I'd throw in R.C. Sproul Sr., J.I. Packer, John MacArthur, yes. John Piper, Al Mohler. Yeah. I just add these guys because, <laughs> the, I mean, these guys have taken a biblical centrality of God in the area of metaphysics. That is, God is sovereign over Every aspect of life, not so much ethics, but certainly in their area of metaphysics. And I appreciate that, that they have, they've got a sense of God's centrality in the worship, God's centrality in the area of salvation, soteriology, etc. These are tremendous men. John Piper has some tremendous messages, and he's been a gift to the church over the last 25 years. Got to appreciate him for that. I'm also going to add to the list Judge Roy Moore, because you, were, you oh, asked yeah. me this morning, give me a political leader who stood strong. I mean, stood strong. I said, there's Judge Roy Moore, and you said, okay, is there somebody else? And I said, mm, there's Judge Roy Moore. See, there's <laughs> Judge Roy Moore. See, there's got to be somebody who stood on a national level and did something significant there at politics and claimed the lordship of Jesus Christ over politics. Uh, yeah, Judge yeah, Roy Moore. And, and, and there are plenty in each state. I mean, if we started to name you know, state leaders, then, then there'd be quite a few that are standing firm. But uh, nationally, yeah, Judge Roy Moore. Then there's all of those who have held strong on the pro-life issue for 40 years without getting weird. Yeah, you know, and that amen. happens, too. Occasionally you get a pro-lifer who goes way off the deep end. Uh, but James Dobson, Flip Benham. In the mm-hmm. Benham Brothers, oh, it's yeah. generational there. And Beverly LaHaye, and I could probably add another 40 or 50 or 60 great leaders. But these, these, uh, these folks have stood strong on this issue. And David DeLayden would be a more recent oh, yeah, name of yeah. a guy who did a lot of good work trying to move the nation against the idea of chopping up babies and selling them off for parts. 
Thankfully, there have been Rose, yeah, too. Thankfully, there have been some really critical people. Again, my friends, 21st century promising leaders and thinkers for the cause of Christ, cultural Christian influencers. I think of the Kendrick brothers. Yeah, we've had him on the program a number of times. Stephen Kendrick. They produced some tremendous movies. The War Room, huge, and uh, of course, three to four other good films. Chuck Black, you mentioned his name. He's yeah. a good writer. Uh, I think of the Gettys, who produced yeah. some pretty good music. Keith recently. and Kristen, yeah. Let me add to this: thousands of pro-life sidewalk counselors saving the babies, and not recognized, but they're also saving souls as they reach out and testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. My family has done it. Uh, lots of our members of our church have been out there in front of abortion clinics, witnessing, bringing the word of God. Uh, just saying, hey, we want to adopt your baby, but more importantly, we want you to know Jesus right now. You know, that kind of stuff. Hey, you know what? These people are on the front lines. These people are still engaged. These people still believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And think of the thousands of pastors who preach the word of God every Sunday faithfully. And and yeah, they watch 60, 70, 80% of the millennial youth walk away, and it's discouraging. It's discouraging. Their churches seem to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller. That's what was happening in London with Martin Lloyd-Jones in the 1950s and 60s and 70s as church attendance collapsed in England. Same thing's happening in America. But thankfully, there are pastors with the faith to continue. Hundreds of thousands of moms and dads who were building Christian discipleship centers in their homes called homeschools in the 1980s and 1990s, and tens of thousands of missionaries who gave up their comforts to get the gospel out, uh, many martyrs across around the world who were killed for their faith in Jesus Christ, never, never, never be mentioned in The Economist magazine. Perhaps World Magazine, The World View in Five Minutes, but probably not The Economist, and definitely not Time Magazine and Newsweek Magazine. But thankfully, yes, they will be mentioned in the annals of Christ records. What more shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jeph of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, Obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the power of fire, escape the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom? The world was not worthy because they were God's heroes. This world didn't deserve to have these people. Yeah, you may make, you may never make it to the obituary in The Economist, but if you're written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're there. That's the one. You're there. You're there. All right, my friends. As we wrap up the program. Just a contrast today between the heroes of the city of man, the heroes of the city of God, and encourage you to get a copy of my book, Apostate, The Men Who Destroyed the Christian West. It's a hardback that really covers this great battle, this great battle that has worked its way out over the last 200 years. Which side are you on? Whose side are you on? That's the question to ask today as we wrap up this program. Are you a man and woman of faith that would be recorded in Hebrews 11 and God's book of life? Are you a man or a woman of faith? Or are you an apostate of the Western world? Get my book, Apostate, 
at our website, kevinswanson.com or generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.